the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. That's one of the first verses in John's Gospel, the way that John describes the grace of Jesus coming into the world. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And I want to talk about light and darkness a bit tonight. And just simply thinking about light and darkness, we know that darkness has no power over light. Darkness is simply just the absence of light, and if you shine a light, the darkness disappears. There's no contest or anything. You know, there's that nice quote, all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. But while that's kind of, we can understand it scientifically, and we might kind of like that when it comes on a greeting card or something to inspire us, but do we really believe that the darkness doesn't hold any power over us? A simple example of that is if we're afraid of the dark. Um, anybody else out there afraid of the dark? Anybody willing to put their hand up? Oh, a couple of hands there, very brave of you. Um, now, I actually like the dark now. I like to walk around our house, Father Dan could tell you, with the lights off, just kind of making my way in the dark. I like going out for late night walks, particularly if there's a beautiful moon like tonight, where there's, where there's no lights around. But I do remember being afraid of the dark at times when I was a kid. And even recently, I remember having some experiences where the dark seemed to have some power over me. I went to stay at my parents' place once, this might have been five years ago, and they were away, that was why I was staying there, and I would arrived quite late at night. I think it might have even been like nine or ten, I'd come after something, so I'd made my way somehow and gotten there, got into the house, and the power was out. So, like, I grew up in this house, so I'm very familiar with it, but on this night, the darkness got the better of me because I somehow got into my mind the idea that there were some evil people outside lurking around in the dark that had shut the power off so that they could, I don't know, break in and hurt me or something. I don't know where this idea came from, but that night I was literally scared of the dark and believed that these people were out there. I was peering out the windows. I heard some sounds that were probably just a cat or a possum or something, but I, I was convinced it was a man, and then I was convinced I saw a shadow going across the front lawn. And I wouldn't even put on a candle or light a torch or anything because then they would see where I was. I, I don't know what was going on in my mind that night. Feel free to laugh at me. It was a crazy moment. But the darkness had a power over me that the darkness shouldn't normally have. And this is how the darkness can be like for us, even though it can be extinguished by the light. The darkness can have a power of its own over us. There's an image of this from, from the world of the Lord of the Rings, from Tolkien's writings. It's not actually from the Lord of the Rings, but it's from um, some ancient history that's been written about that world, the Silmarillion, if you know what that is. You're probably a deep Lord of the Rings nerd like me, if you've read that. And there's some stories of like the, the ancient past when the world was just formed and these, these great cosmic beings are warring with one another. But there's this one being called Ungoliant and she is like this terrible, horrible spider that weaves webs of darkness. And I, I read this book, it might have been eight years ago or something, but that image has always struck with me because it's not just that she likes the darkness and runs away from the light, but it's a darkness that takes over and that penetrates. I, I looked for the quote in the book. It says that, that she sucked up all the light that she could find and spun it forth again in dark nets of strangling gloom 
And then, again, when she's, she's teamed up with the super baddie guy and they've wrought some destruction on the world, and it says, the light failed, but the darkness that followed was more than a loss of light. It had power to pierce the eye and to enter heart and mind and strangle the very will. And that, that image of a, a darkness that really has power over us always stuck with me. And it's, it's really the opposite of that simple idea of all the darkness in the world cannot overcome, or all the darkness of the world can be extinguished by a single candle. Yeah, it's the total opposite of this darkness that seems to have power. And we can believe that darkness can actually kind of overwhelm us and strip the light from us or strip the life from us. It can penetrate us. It can destroy the light. And I'm not just talking about the visible darkness of the absence of photons or whatever, but I'm talking about the the darkness in the way that we talk about that, the suffering in our lives, the doubts and the confusion, the evils that we face. That darkness can seem to have a power over us that penetrates us, that strangles us and robs us of life. We can find ourselves in a painful situation and it's not just, okay, so this is a bad situation and it will end soon and this is kind of not that nice, but we begin to believe that I'll never get out of this, I'll never overcome this, I'll never recover from this. We can, it's not only painful, but it has a power to suck the very life out of us. We can find ourselves falling into sin, but then our sin seems to have this power that overwhelms us, that says that, no, you can't be forgiven this time. You can't be forgiven something that bad. We can believe that this darkness even has a power to to strip God's life from us. So our pain and our sin and our weakness is allowed to have a power over us that it doesn't deserve. This darkness takes on a power that can rob us of faith, rob us of hope and strip the very life from us. And... Now you might be thinking that it's, it's Easter and all this light, and he's been talking about darkness for a little while now, so we're getting to the light. But we begin the Easter vigil in darkness. We have to begin the Easter vigil in darkness because that's what makes sense of the light for us. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. This is our symbol for tonight. This candle is the symbol of our liturgy tonight. We celebrate Jesus who is the light who has come into the world and overcome the darkness. The darkness has no power against this light. That's why we're singing its praises and taking its light for ourselves. Jesus has come into our darkness. He's descended into the the darkest place that humanity can face. He's faced the depths of suffering, the depths of rejection, the depths of abandonment. He died and lay cold and dead in the tomb with the stone rolled over the door and it couldn't be any more dark. But the darkness did not overcome it. 
And if Jesus has gone to that place, even to death, and made it a place from which the resurrection happens, then there is no situation, no darkness that we can face that is not a place where Jesus' resurrection can shine forth. The darkness has no power over us anymore. The light has shone and overcome it. Now, this doesn't mean that our sufferings aren't still painful. It doesn't mean that our doubts and fears are confusing. But it means that life can burst out of there and that we can meet Jesus there. And what, what does this look like? It's a good question. I want to give a few examples that we've been hearing about for the last few days. I think of Father Dan was talking on Thursday night about that orphanage in the Philippines that he visited, and I went on a mission trip with him some years ago and visited, I don't know if it was the same orphanage, but one like it. And there you have desperate poverty. There you have parents abandoning their children, and there you have horrible illnesses and physical health issues as well, yet all that darkness has no power to rob them of the life and the love that they share in Jesus' name. And I think Dan said the other night that it was, it was like heaven, that place, because of the love that was present there. The darkness had no power. Again, yesterday we heard Father Tony sharing about a dark time in his life, and he faced depression and felt so dark, so far from God, so utterly alone, I think, were some words that he used. But he shared just how profound a moment in his life that was, that God was there and his presence transformed him. The light shines in the darkness and it is not overcome. Jesus is victorious over any darkness that we can face. There's no situation that he's not present in waiting to rise, waiting to share his resurrection life with us. And what he says to us also is, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me should not live in darkness. So we don't have to live in this fear, in this power that we believe our suffering has over us, that strangles us and that holds us down. We don't have to let our fears and our doubts take over us and define how we live. Jesus has come into the darkness. This is the good news of the resurrection that we proclaim tonight. We've heard what Jesus has done, but the ball is now in our court. We can't overcome the power of this darkness on our own. We can't reason our way out of it. We can't just kind of grit our teeth and, and suffer through it until we get to the end. But we can open up to invite Jesus' light to come in. We can open up to Jesus' presence there in the darkness. And this is what faith means. It's a yes to that victory. It's a yes to this light. It's a yes to the fact that this darkness is not going to overcome me. That it, it's not going to strangle me and hold me back from life. 
by saying yes, by having faith, by professing that faith, we open up the door for Jesus' light to come in. And our darkness is no more a, a dead end or final. It's a place where we can wait and ask, Jesus, how is the resurrection coming forth here? How is your life going to spring forth in this place? But another obstacle to this is also that we can find the darkness more comfortable. We can find it much easier to just sit in the struggle. And I remember a a few weeks ago, I had an experience where I I was just kind of, there were a few things going on and I was feeling really um, angry and overwhelmed and upset and was trying to pray and lean into God in that. But I could feel that it was so much easier to just stay in that place of being a victim, of saying, you know, this is all terrible and why did it happen to me? Just take it away, Lord. Just stay there and be angry. And it was much harder to actually open up to God and say, yes, Lord, I, I trust that you are in this darkness and that your light means that this is not the power that I feel it has over me. And it is very much like the situation we see of the Israelites in our second reading we heard, which you might not remember, but I'll go back to it. It was when they're standing at the, at the shore of the Red Sea. They've been liberated already from God who, who showed his mighty hand and wrought the plagues upon Egypt to let Pharaoh let them go. God's already been showing his hand amazingly for them. But their complaint continues to be, oh, why did you take us out of Egypt? Oh, this is all so terrible. We're all just going to die here in the desert. Um, And either lamenting that they're going to die in the desert, the only place their mind goes back to is how good it was being in slavery in Egypt. It can seem much more appealing to just stay in the comfort of slavery. It took a bit more courage for them to accept that God was calling them to the promised land because that meant they had to walk through the Red Sea, which seemed a little bit crazy. But Moses led them, and they said yes to believing that God would overcome, and they walked through that sea. And that's the response of faith that some of our brothers and sisters are going to make tonight in baptism. They say yes that Jesus has overcome death and overcome our darkness and they will go through the waters to share in that new life with him. But the invitation is here for all of us to believe in this way. We're all going to have an opportunity in a moment to profess or renew our baptismal vows. And this is a way that we can say yes to this victory that Jesus has won over the darkness. So that everyone who believes in me should not live in darkness. We can say yes and invite the resurrection to be present in that darkness. Now, some of us are going to be renewing our baptismal promises for many, many times. You might, like me, have been baptized when you were just a little baby. but consider it today, what this, what this means for you to say yes to faith today, even for the umpteenth time. Some of you here 
are not baptised. Some of those who are being baptised today are standing forward for the first time and professing their faith and will enter into that sacramentally. But some of you also here might not be baptised. You might not believe. You might be thinking about believing. You might be kind of wanting to believe but not quite sure. This is an opportunity and an invitation for all of us, wherever we're at, to say yes and welcome that life in. Welcome the resurrection to come into that tomb of darkness that we find ourselves in and release us from that trap. Now, faith isn't always easy. As I said, sometimes God's goodness is right in front of our eyes and it's just like, yeah, Lord, I give myself to you. And it's wonderful. But so often, it's not like that. It might be simply a bit confusing and unclear. It might seem meaningless to make this response today. It might seem like everything within you is telling you to run in the opposite direction. But no matter where we're at, we still have the opportunity to make a decision. Whether we feel like it or not, to say yes to God's life coming in. And we'll have three questions first that will denounce the power of darkness. Because Jesus has overcome it and we don't need to believe in darkness and its power over our life anymore. And then we say that I believe in God who created all things, who holds all things in being and who must be in every situation, no matter how dark, and must be involved in it. It exists within his hand. We say, I believe in Jesus who has entered into our darkness and who rose again and who brings his light victorious over the darkness. And we say that we believe in the Holy Spirit who makes all this possible in me. I believe in the church in which I can live and celebrate this life. I believe in the forgiveness of sins, no matter how bad or terrible or unforgivable they may seem, and I believe in life everlasting because death has no power compared to Jesus' life. So we've heard the good news, and in a moment we're going to have a chance to respond. And Jesus simply tells us that I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in darkness, but that you would have life in its fullness. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.